This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Kelsey Bratcher. He is the co-founder of Automatic Practice Profits, a stem cell marketing agency, as well as the host of the Get Automated Podcast. He has been creating and implementing automation for small businesses since 2008 and loves to talk tools, systems, and process. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Roman. I appreciate you having me on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to the 2019 you? Well, I had, uh, I've always been fascinated with like technology and computers, even as a young child and started off doing like making bots to play games, to cheat and (laughs) do that kind of thing. And it really piqued my interest in uh, like the concepts of automation. Uh, I had worked in a call center environment for uh, quite a few years prior to, uh, working at a company called Infusionsoft back in 2008, um, which gave me a good idea in terms of how like systems and processes and automation can be used kind of like at scale. I had worked in the behind the scenes uh, of the call center analyzing data and doing kind of like call flow design, I guess would be the way to say it when you're doing like tech support, like how do you figure out the fastest way to get somebody off the phone, you know, the fewest number of steps, they, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, so from there, I worked at Infusionsoft implementing CRM and marketing automation software for small business. I left in 2008, uh, 2013 to start a company called Hired Gun Solutions, which was like a freelance, basically it was the same stuff that I was doing at Infusionsoft, just freelance. And so the idea was to work less and make more, which isn't, it's always a joke. You never work less when you start a business. And uh, that led me to meet my business partner who has a stem cell clinic in desert, uh, the Palm Desert or Palm Springs. And now we are, uh, we have a stem cell marketing agency using a strategy that we developed for getting new patients for him. We now resell to other stem cell clinics. Now that's awesome. And are there any other specific industries that you work with? Um, Well, right now it's in that particular business. So in my consulting freelance business, I pretty much work with anybody that's using, that's a small business that's using the technology that's appropriate for their um, but for the stem cell agency, um, we probably, it's pretty much all stem cells. Chiropractic is like an extension of that. Like a lot of the stem cell clinics are actually owned by chiropractors that happen to partner with MDs. And so it's, that's kind of the industry that we're serving at the moment. But um, the strategy that we teach is uh, holding like free lead generation seminars. So uh, it's really popular in financial advisors. Uh, estate planning attorneys will often do this. Uh, real estate investors will do this. And it's uh, basically you come to this event to learn about the topic. And so you market the seminar for the person to get the leads there. And then they do a presentation and a pitch, right? And so we, we currently don't work with other industries, but we want, we're looking for partnerships <laughs> to do that kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I see a lot of 
industry specific things like you said uh, the seminars or to get the more information in terms of real estate it works well and other industries similar to it so in terms of yourself what motivates you to succeed in terms of uh, being a business owner and an entrepreneur well for me like the the number one thing that i hate i hated about being a, an employee was having to take shit from a boss or from uh, people that are not, they're directly, they don't directly benefit from the work that you perform, right? In my opinion. So like uh, if you help a small business owner grow their business, they're gonna feel the impact of it. Their employees are gonna feel the impact. The family and the community around them is gonna feel the impact. And so it's a lot more rewarding for me uh, to do that. But uh, my primary motivators are my family and not and having the ability to not take shit from people. Yeah, I think the uh, the type of clients and uh, the size of the companies you work with uh, lead to, you know, how appreciative they are. So working with, let's say, Fortune 500s that have hundreds of thousands of employees, the people you deal with may not be as appreciative and they, they don't necessarily affect their personal bottom lines. But when you're working with small businesses and pers people with businesses in the community, it's a lot more uh, tangible. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've done projects with larger companies. The problem is, is that when you start the project, the employee that you're working with may quit, may get fired, may get promoted. And now by the end of the project, it's a completely different thing. The parameters often change and elongate. There's lots of problems that come with that that I don't like dealing with. And so that's part of the reason why I've chosen to stick in the like small business space, working directly with business owners. Yeah, I think in a, a corporate structure, there's a lot of politics involved. And like you said, when somebody leaves, a lot of the times the vendors or the uh, agencies or whoever the business relationship is, a person brought them in. So if that person leaves, a new person that comes in to replace them has their own, you know, favored, you know, colleagues, people they, they know to bring in and, and do that other than the agency or company that's already in place. Yeah, you got to fight for everything. You have to basically resell yourself again and re, re, recreate the value and or whatever that exchange might be. It's it's just not worth dealing with, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. So what's one thing in terms of when you started your uh, own company or left working for somebody else to work for yourself, you found as, um, you know, a big hurdle? For me, like executing the... Uh, you know, the e-myth describes the technician, the manager, the entrepreneur paradox, I guess would be the way to say it. Uh, I was, I've always been a technician. So understanding, uh, I guess technician and slash entrepreneur more than I am a manager. I don't have any uh, like formal experience leading like at a company. I've never been in a management position. I've always been in a highly specialized like technical roles. <clears throat> so for me, understanding like how to take the stuff that I just do inherently break it down into smaller processes and then be able to delegate and manage those things through other people, whether those are VAs, employees, co uh, my, my business partner, for example, or my business partners, sorry. And uh, that was something that took a lot of work to get my head wrapped around of how that, how to navigate that type of structure, if that makes sense. Um, when I started, I had no idea that I could do it. I had would do everything myself. I, I mean, I, when I started my business, I created my own damn logo and it sucked so bad and I wasted like 10 hours on it, right? 
when it, it would have been way better if I would have just paid a guy like five or 600 bucks to just get it done, have something that's awesome, maybe have to tweak it just a little bit, but it's, it's ready to go. And it took me a lot to be able to let go of like one, knowing how to do all these things, but at the same time, you know, is it worth my time? Is my time better spent doing other things or more high value um, tasks? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the time is the most important, obviously commodity. And if I think as long as you know how to do something, make sure you're not necessarily getting screwed over from a business sense and something that you can outsource. So that 10 hours was probably worth more to you than those five, $600. So I think it's important to kind of give and take and make those decisions, what you can uh, delegate out and what you can uh, focus on that are kind of core responsibilities or things that, you know, your business needs to grow. Right. Well, it's like the, the example I like to use uh, to explain kind of like the differential between how you value your time, uh, to, especially to folks that are maybe struggling with the concept. So like I've had up until recently, I used to have my water delivered to my house through like a service called Sparklets. And the idea is you pay them to, they, they come to your house, they drop off the water. You have, you know, basically 25 to 50 gallons of water on hand at any given time. And uh, it costs way more than it would be if you were to take the time to load your car up with the jugs and go to the water station and fill them all up and then load them back into your car and go, you know what I mean? It takes like an hour a week, maybe an hour every two weeks, depending on how you do it and how much water you use. But that's like an hour and that work sucks. I don't always do it proactively you know what i mean so this the structure the value that they're providing me is now i don't have to do that anymore and i always have water right so it's worth the you know 50 to 100 dollars a month or whatever that you would spend on that uh even though you could probably go do it yourself and save 70 bucks but like what is an hour of your time worth i think i like to think my time's worth way more than 70 dollars an hour and so it makes it really easy to justify you know something like that no, I agree. It's I think uh, if people that start businesses, it's oftentimes hard to kind of let go. And especially if they're bootstrapping it and trying to save as much as possible and reinvest back in the business. So they try to overwhelm themselves and do everything and wear every hat. Mm-hmm. Another area that I ran into trouble is bookkeeping. <clears throat> I hate doing it and uh, I'm not good at it and I don't do it correctly. Um, so I hire, you know, you hire that out to your, you know, your CPA slash bookkeeper type of service, right? No, I agree. And I think it's, it's better to hire someone for something like that, where it's your business's numbers rather than do it yourself and, you know, waste the time. You don't like doing it to begin with and possibly make mistakes. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the mistake making is really the, I mean, cause you have to be familiar with like the bookkeeping process, what's involved, but also have at least mild awareness of the accounting side. Like I would like the benefit of having those things done and I can understand what they are, but like the first time you mess up reconciling <laughs> the month in QuickBooks is you get all crazy. Everything goes crazy after that. If you don't do it correctly. Yeah. Then it's hard to kind of pinpoint where you made the mistake and kind of track back. So it's, it's better off to uh, have it done right the first time than take the extra time that you could have paid someone to fix it over time. Oh, for sure. So what's one thing that you may have struggled with and found as a weakness that you turned in harness and now use it as a strength? So one thing 
I mean, one weakness is that I have is uh, I would say that I'm incredibly ADHD. And so the things, there are certain tasks in my life and in my business that I really struggle with, right? Those are the kinds of tasks that I have, well, no business doing, but at the same time, it's what allows me to, you know, get all into this like tools and software and all these processes and stuff. So like when I'm able to focus on something specifically that I'm really interested in or passionate about, I can go deep forever. But if I have to be distracted by these little things, like something as arbitrary as taking out the trash, you know, it disrupts my ability to stay focused. And so it is a massive weakness for me. And the way that I manage that is either by finding and doing the things that I'm super focused at or creating a process in which I can automate it, whether that means delegating it or it's like a computer script that does it, uh, using a service like Zapier, if you're familiar. That's how I'm able to function as a as an adult, at, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. There's, I mean, in 2019, there's so many distractions. And a lot of the time when you try to focus on one thing and you kind of interrupt that, you lose your train of thought or you forget or you don't go back to the right place. I think it's important to have that kind of focus in, in business and personal life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's super easy to get off the rails because like you're going about working you're like 20, 30, 45 minutes in, you got to go take out the trash, right? Well, then you come back and you check your phone. It's like, oh yeah, Facebook. And then they're in Facebook for 10 minutes. And then you're like, oh shit, I have to work. And so it's, <laughs> that's uh, the kind of workflow that, that really messes me up. Yep. When I'm uh, remote, I'll have to run and throw the laundry in, take the dogs out, take the trash out, do the dish, like all these random things that stop your day and you lose your uh, track of thought. Yeah, it makes uh, like when I made the fir first made the transition to work from home. That was something I had to get acclimated to because when when you don't when you're not at home during the day, when you're at work or you know at a job or at your office or whatever you have, um, it's really easy to forget all the stuff that can happen during a business day. You get deliveries, you got phone calls, dogs. You know, like you said, it's immensely distracting it so it took some adjustment for sure yeah and i think if someone uh, hasn't been uh, remote or a kind of a, a freelance scenario where they're off-site they have to have a specific mindset to either work from home be a digital nomad or something where they're uh, free from the office setting because if you don't focus uh, it's it's really hard to uh, get work done so i don't think Every, it's not for everyone. Obviously, that freedom, everybody wants it, but it's hard, like you said, to uh, adjust for some people. Well, it can get lonely too. Like that's the other part. Because um, like when you go into when you have to go to a place every day, like a job, or if you have your own office and you have coworkers or employees, uh, it's it's kind of nice because you get up, you get ready to go to work, you or you you know present yourself well, ideally to at least to a certain extent. Uh, when you're at home like there's days you don't you don't even need to get dressed you know what I mean? you wake up you stay in your pjs all day because you can just work right from your you just wake up go get a cup of coffee go to your computer it becomes one of those things i mean i've taken it to the extreme now um i recently you know as of may 24th i moved into an rv full-time nice and so i'm actually i'm actually on the road i pulled over to do the podcast um luckily there's good internet here because uh the most disruptive thing in this situation isn't necessarily the close proximity of my family. It's the fact that the internet is good or bad. And so luckily I got, I feel like I got good internet right now. 
No, it's good. And I, I, funny thing is, uh, I've been, me and my wife have been thinking about basically selling our house and just getting an RV or something like that because um, several things happen where it's like, our priorities change or we become different people and some of these you know material things that keep us stationary aren't as important anymore so uh, it's it's really cool that you're doing that well to me it's like you know why do i have why did i have a house is so i could store my shit and it's like you keep buying more shit oh i need to get another house a bigger house or i need to buy a storage get a storage unit and it just becomes all this stuff and I mean, realistically, all I use is my computer and like occasionally I'll watch TV. And so <laughs> I'd rather enjoy. The other thing is I, I, I'm from Arizona and right now it's like 113 degrees. And uh, here in uh, the southern part of Tennessee, it's 78. And so I can work. I don't even have to turn on the air conditioning. Yeah, you can uh, follow your ideal season. So if you want some winter, you go uh, north, you go down south if you want to get a little warmer. So that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. And the other thing I'm realizing is how inexpensive real estate is in some of these other states that I'm that I'm not as familiar with. You know, I can see, okay, I'm in this neighborhood. I can see what it looks like and what, you know, how everything is. These houses are super nice. And uh, oh, it's only one hundred and ten thousand dollars to buy a house, as opposed to three, four, five hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Yeah, the uh, there's definitely a shock in terms of real estate markets and what you can get for your money around the country. So anyone that works remotely or obviously doesn't have to go to a office or tied to a location, some of those may look favorable. Oh yeah, I mean, if you're especially if you live in an area where maybe the industry in the area that supports the people that live there, you don't, your money isn't dependent on where you live. So you could live anywhere. And ideally that place is beautiful and inexpensive. Yep. I mean, that's that, at least for me, that that's a goal and heading in that direction. So what's one thing you can leave with the audience in terms of advice, professional or personal? Um, I would say, I mean, it, it goes hand in hand with the kind of the stuff that I deal with every single day. And that is uh, to systematize early and often, um, breaking down, documenting what it is that you do on a daily basis in your life and in your business, because this is the next the next step of that is being able to you know offload that through either automation, through technology, delegation, etc. And I see it over and over and over again. A lot of small business owners get caught up in the day to day, and they just kind of know things. And then when they hire people, they kind of train them based on what they know, but it's not like a true. Like if you got if you weren't got a job at like Papa John's Pizza right now, there's a training manual for every single position and every single thing that can happen in that store. Uh, I'm not saying you have to go to that degree for your business, but if you're going to hire somebody, you should have a very clear description of what it is they're going to be doing for their own sanity, but also so that you can properly value it. Um, it also makes it easier if you have to swap people out. You know, that you have a document and a training process that you can say, okay, you know, this is how we answer the phone. We brand the call, we introduce ourselves, we ask how we can help them. And then we close the call by thanking them for their time or whatever the, you know what I mean? Depending on the type of business it is. And uh, it's a mistake that I made early. You know, I took it for granted. Oh, I just know this shit. And that's probably going to be systematized early and often. I agree. I mean, it's the only way to scale. And I think level up as as a human being in general to kind of recognize patterns and build habits and what those patterns are in those habits 
that make you grow in terms of professional and personal. Mm, absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, the best way, I appreciate that, Roman. Uh, the best way for people to find me is to just go to getautomated.co. Um, you'll be able to find how to get in touch with me directly if you want to reach out. I'm also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Kelsey Bratcher. And uh, those are probably the two best ways to, to reach out and learn more about kind of the stuff that I do every day. That's awesome. Thank you again for stopping by. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.